Hello, this is Mohammed from MJ Physiotherapy. So today I'm going to be talking to you um, briefly about um, knee pain and knee injuries. Um, so the most common complaint from patients um, who come to to my clinic uh, complain of complaining of knee pain. Um, the the structure that's probably the most commonly involved is the meniscus, um, which is a critical structure in the knee joint. Um, it is uh, it is a cartilage and it's involved in the distribution of stress, shock uh, absorption, um, provides joint stability and functions as a medium for uh, nutrient transfer. So when someone has injured their knee acutely, um, people uh, always ask if they should have any investigations done to it, um, like an X-ray or, or an MRI. Um, so. I'm going to briefly touch on um, when to you know, carry out an x-ray or, or an MRI for an acutely injured knee. So, should you perform a plain radiograph, plain x-ray in case of an acute knee injury? Um, most of the time, 90% of the radiographs uh, ordered to evaluate knee injuries do come out normal. Um, but the main aim of performing a plain x-ray or a radiograph in in cases of moderate or severe acute injuries is to detect a fracture, um, such as a tibial avulsion fracture associated with an anterior cruciate ligament or a posterior cruciate ligament injury, um, a tibial plateau fracture following a high-speed injury or knee-loading injury, and an osteochondral fracture after a patellar dislocation. So these are the reasons why healthcare clinicians would advise patients to go in for an x-ray um, and advise their doctors and GPs to you know request request an x-ray. Um, MRI um, is reliable safe and accurate in the diagnostic um, workup of acute knee injuries. Um, even when a ligament disruption is diagnosed um, by a physical exam, um, MRI can add value by demonstrating the extent of the associated injury to cartilage and meniscus. Patella and the quadriceps tendons, uh, tendon injury can also be assessed during the MRI. Um, but the MRI does not substitute for a good physical examination carried out by a physiotherapist. Um, so the MRI should never be ordered in the absence of a thorough history and physical examination. Um, an MRI finding should be interpreted in the light of the clinical findings. So, so for example... Um, Especially in athletes who are older than probably 30 to 40 years of age, um, it is found that they do have meniscus tears, which are asymptomatic. So on an MRI, they'll find that, you know, you may have a meniscus tear there, but it's not causing, you know, symptoms or, or any mechanical dysfunction within the knee joint. So it's quite common sometimes in MRI to find things which are not um, symptomatic or... Yeah, which are which is perfectly normal to find, um, especially in those um, aging populations who are above thirty-five to forty years age. Um, 
and and most of the time these patients are, are not in need of any treatment um, they can be very useful when a primary patella dislocation is suspected clinically and can help to detect any um, osteochondral avulsion fractures that require surgical assessment um, significant knee injuries um, can be found on MRI findings um, such as uh, bone marrow lesions uh, which is associated with pain, tenderness, swelling and delayed recovery. Um, there is uh, an indication that the bone bone marrow lesions or bone bruises um, indicate articular cartilage damage so an MRI can be very useful um, in this uh, to, to, to get a, to get a little bit more information especially in those significant knee injuries which have um, mechanical dysfunction um, so yeah uh, meniscal injuries uh, or tears they can be um, degenerated when the knee is flexed and, and compression combined with um, femoral rotation so your thigh rotates and compresses at the same time when the knee is flexed um, thereby increasing the risk of for injury compared with more um, with other mechanisms so that's the mechanism that mostly um, causes uh, meniscal injuries um, so the young patient um, who has a perfectly pristine um, normal articular surfaces um, you know can 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 um, sustain a meniscal injury with substantial forces um, while playing um, activities such as football or, or doing a bit of skiing um, so these kind of uh, activities and forces can cause uh, acute meniscal injuries um, also the older population who are greater than 40 years of age um, you know, that uh, arises from a knee that already has features of um, asymptomatic articular cartilage damage and has menisci that already had asymptomatic degenerative features. So patients will fall along this continuum and where they fall should influence management. Degenerative meniscal tears occur in the older population frequently without an inciting event and also without symptoms. Um, so the clinical features um, of a meniscal tear include um, the common mechanism of meniscal injury is a twisting injury, so where the foot is anchored on the ground, uh, this causes a rotational force often caused by another player's body, so your foot is firmly placed on the floor with the knee flexed and a rotational force, sudden rotational force can cause a meniscal injury. Um, it's commonly seen in football, um, like I said, skiers, basketball players. The degree of pain associated with an acute meniscal injury varies considerably. Some patients may describe a tearing sensation at the time of injury. A small meniscal tear may, also, may cause no immediate symptoms, but it can become more painful and cause knee swelling over the 24 hours so it's very important to uh, monitor your symptoms not just at the time of an injury but 24 to 48 hours after um, there could be some more um, symptoms 
Small tears may also occur with minimal trauma in the older athlete as a result of a degenerative change of the meniscus. So I'd just like to say a degenerative change uh, within a meniscus in the older athlete is perfectly normal. They're just age-related changes. Um, you know, it's nothing abnormal about it. It's these are normal changes. And most of the time, these degenerative changes um, in the older populations are asymptomatic. So like I said, you might see a tear in MRI, but it's not causing any pain or any mechanical dysfunction. And there's nothing really to worry about. Um, patients with more severe meniscal injuries, such as a bucket handle tear, present with more severe symptoms um, so pain and restricted range of motion occur soon after an injury uh, there may be locking as well of the knee joint um, because of a torn flap um, impinging between the articular surfaces um, so there's a history of locking there's a history of giving way um, patient might report these to you um, on examinations, the signs of a meniscal tear include the joint line tenderness, so if you palpate the joint line when the knee is flexed at about 45 to 90 degrees, the patient might report back to you there's some tenderness either in the lateral joint line or the medial joint line, um, and that could indicate um, that there is a meniscal tear. Joint diffusion, this is usually present, although absence of an infusion does not necessarily rule out meniscal damage. Pain usually presents with hy with hyperflexion of the knee, uh, such as squatting. So I tell my patients sometimes who I sometimes indicate they have a meniscal injuries. I'll tell them to squat all the way down, come onto their toes, and really f flex that knee joint and and compress the knee joint, um, and that can sometimes cause them pain. Um, uh, restricted range of motion of the knee joint. Uh, this may be due to the torn meniscal flap or the effusion. So it can also be caused by swelling as well. Um, so there's various tests, a uh, cluster of tests for um, meniscal tears. And that can give a better overall picture of if this patient has a meniscal injury or not. Um, and obviously... An MRI uh, is an investigation of choice and it can further um, give you an, uh, a diagnosis to, to, to say that this patient has a meniscal injury. Okay, so treatment and management as well. There's, there's different forms of treatment and management for acute and degenerative changes within the meniscus and that's another topic altogether. Um, but yeah, um, I just thought I'll mention, I'll touch on, briefly touch on meniscal injuries, which is a very common injury um, seen in patients. Um, and it's probably the most, as Majewski et al, they found that meniscal injuries represent the second most common knee injury among athletes. Um, and are most common in sports such as soccer and skiing. So um, yeah, very common injuries. The I see I see quite a lot of patients who come to my clinic who um who have an impression that they have meniscal tears and meniscal injuries. Um and the common questions are always asked, do I need an MRI? Do I need an X ray? Do I need surgery? 
um, and that and that's all dependent upon the clinical picture, the physical examination, um, the mechanical dysfunction, um, and and just symptoms and pain. So um, most of the time, the first line of treatment is it's always um, well most of the time anyway. It's non-surgical uh, management, conservative treatment, and that can usually. Um, give off give some good results to the patient without having to go down the surgery route but like i said sometimes if there's a complicated injury associated injuries and it depends as well on the and the type of uh individuals you're seeing so if you're seeing individuals who are involved in sports athletes you know elite athletes then the management um will probably be different than just seeing uh, someone from um, the normal population, um, so whether to carry out meniscal repairs, whether to do a meniscal meniscectomy, it, it differs in elite athlete in elite athletic population and in a normal population as well. And these are the the conversations that take place within the sports medicine settings within the um, with the elite athletes. Um, which which is the best route to go down, um, but yeah, that's another topic altogether in terms of management, um, rehabilitation, surgery, when to have surgery, when is an indication to have surgery. Um, but normally, um, especially in the older population, uh, older than thirty five years of age, a non locked painful knee which is greater than or equal to a month. So if you have a non locked painful knee which is lasting lasting now for a month or more um, it's probably more a degenerative meniscal meniscus lesion um, and x-rays can be very useful uh, at this at that stage uh, just to exclude further non-meniscus related diseases um, and then non-operative treatment so you could go down in the down the route of having an injection or not um, uh, steroid injection within the knee joint just to relieve some symptoms uh, but some patients decide not to go for that um, and that's a that's that's a conversation that you could have with your um, specialist and um, rehabilitation so you can carry out um, you know at least three months of rehabilitation um, and see and see where you are after that um, and if there's considerable mechanical symptoms, even after three months, then you, an MRI can be um, useful. Um, and just to see if there's, and you know, an MRI can be useful just to see the the, the health of the cartilage. Um, and also, if you are going to go down the surgery route, then um, most knees do get MRI before surgery. So, yeah. Um, just touched on meniscal injuries, um, common injury complaint. Um, yeah, so if you have any questions, give me a message. Um, mjahangir at live.co.uk. You can send me an email and uh, we can discuss things further. So thanks for listening. Thank you very much.